Welcome to Athletes Interrupted, candid discussions about the challenges, grit, and resilience of current and former collegiate athletes as they entered and exited both the academic and athletic world of college and collegiate sports. The accounts were recorded on campus by students and faculty, creating a candid look into their personal stories and experience. The interviews were conducted by Dr. Joyce Michael Flynn, currently a professor at Sacramento State, and Bethany Crouch, student, athlete, and academic success coordinator at the university. Aaron Crouch is a doctor of physical therapy in the Sacramento region specializing in athlete performance, post-operative rehabilitation, and focused movement programs. As a former championship high school baseball player, he was recruited to the collegiate level for Sacramento State. As a student athlete, his career concluded due to injury. However, he completed his kinesiology clinical exercise Bachelor of Science degree and completed his doctorate of physical therapy at Sacramento State. So I'm talking with Aaron Crouch today. Can you talk about the sport you played, yeah. why you chose that, and how long you played? When did you start playing? Yeah, it's hard to believe that it was about 10 years ago that I played my last collegiate game, but I started playing and as early as I can remember, honestly, uh, I was more of a multi-sport athlete. So I looked forward to all the different seasons. We'd end one and then go on to the next one. That was fun for me. Uh-huh. Baseball resonated uh, very early. And I don't know if it was just someone was an influence to me or, or I just enjoyed the challenge of it. You know, I enjoyed the, the mental challenge of it and, and kind of like get beat down and come back up again type situation that happens yeah. seven times out of ten unfortunately yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know I could I could early, remember as early as you know I don't know five six years old when I'd be in a grocery store and my mom would be picking out whatever we're gonna eat for that week or whatever and I'd be behind her like swinging an imaginary bat or going through my pitching motion and it just was uh, it was a joy for me to go through the, the mechanics of the swing and to hit outside off the tee, have my brother feed me some soft toss or, or throw to me or play catch with my dad. And mm-hmm. I didn't specialize early, and but I always knew baseball was fun, yeah. you know? And then the thought of playing at the next level was, well, that's intriguing. So um, I, that's when I decided to go then. And I played two years in college and uh, had a, a, variety, a variety of things happen from there, so. So talk about that transition then from high school to college. How did that happen? Who made yeah. the decisions? Yeah. How did that all happen? I had, a, I had a distinct choice in what high school I wanted to go to in the small town I grew up in. One was where most of my family had went, and it was a small school. And then another school was larger, the larger mm-hmm. high school in the city. And uh, I that's when I really started to like kind of lean a lot more toward baseball and figured I could maybe do something with it and play at the next level. And, their, their program was very good, and uh, one of the best coaches I've ever had, probably the, B, the best coach I've ever had in any sport, um, and so I made the decision to go there against some of the, the norms for my family tradition, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because it, it seemed like the best opportunity for me, and that's where mm-hmm. I wanted to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. Um, played through high school at, as a pitcher and as an infielder, ended up transitioning to the outfield just because that was a crowded area of talent and it seemed like I had an opportunity to play in the outfield and I felt that it was easy uh-huh. and I had a lot of success out there. And I ended up playing center field anywhere in high school. Then I played left field in college because the guy to my left in center field was first round draft pick. So oh, wow. I allowed that to happen. <laughs> yes. I want to get into the college experience now and yeah. take us through that. Yeah. Um, entering college, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, 
thankful I have some intelligence, you know, so school came relatively easy. Um, I, I went to Sac State for to play baseball, and um, ideally I went there because I wanted to play baseball, and that was it. Mm -hmm. And so choosing a major was, I don't know, well, not as important to me at the time. Mm -hmm. I ended up kind of gravitating toward uh, kinesiology, which to me looked like something I didn't have to sit in a desk for. Mm -hmm. And then my focus mm -hmm. was baseball. And uh, it was def baseball in, in college was definitely a lot different than in high school. The volume of games, uh, practices, and commitments that you have is is significantly different. So the transition to manage a, a different school schedule where maybe you have less classes in a week, but they're maybe more intense. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more writing on one or two tests or two homework assignments than just getting them little bits at a time like, and making up your grade by the end of the semester. So um, I played a lot my freshman year, traveled on all the road trips. We played 54 games. There'd be times for a four-day weekend, uh, four-day game weekend away where we'd leave on a Thursday night. I wouldn't get back until midnight on Sunday. I'd maybe have uh, an anatomy test, which was a poor choice in my spring semester of my freshman year, take anatomy while playing baseball. And uh, it just wouldn't go well. So I think I, in the first year, there were a lot of failures, definitely a lot of failures. And I, I think it, um, it didn't teach me to balance things until my second year. When so failures in terms of, what do you mean by that? Failures in, I didn't succeed in school as well as I wanted to. Okay. You know, there's a, there's a relative challenge of time balance and yeah. management. So it was, you know, how fatigued I was not right. managing my sleep, not managing good nutrition, not uh, uh, organizing my weeks and my time right. so that I could be successful on the field and in practice and study hall. And then also have the energy to go to class and study the frequency and the duration I needed to. Right. Be successful in school so I learned from that in the second year uh, was able to refocus some better strategies to go coincide with my busy baseball schedule. Interesting so when you when you would do that when you would um, strategize around that did you get any help with that or did you just kind of have to come about that yourself did coaches give you help or wh where'd you get that? I, I mean I think it, it came it down out. to recognizing I was not I, that's where I needed most of my help was was essentially uh, understanding I it was poor time management my first year mm -hmm. and that grades were uh, important obviously for the team for myself and and where I wanted to do um, and so I kind of came up with a strategy myself through trial and error I've mm -hmm. always been a very trial and error advocate mm -hmm. it doesn't matter mm -hmm. I've never really cared about failing it's never really brought me down um, I just hope I've always relatively treated it like an opportunity to try to be better mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. it took some fine-tuning on scheduling uh, like study times and and devoting certain times to class and I think that's where in the second year some things started to evolve it was hard because in kinesiology there's a lot of science classes yeah. which come with a yeah, lot of labs yeah. and then I started to gravitate toward the thought of maybe going into physical therapy or some medical route that require a higher education mm -hmm. um, a, a doctorate level degree or something which means it has requirements and grades. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. then my attention started to divert a little bit 50-50 on baseball and school. And I think that was, it was good for my grades. It was an interesting transition and, and challenge to maintain that, uh, the commitment level and the high uh, performance that I wanted in baseball while also succeeding in the classroom. Right. There's some anomalies out there. There's some people that impressed me. But for me personally, that I felt like that was an interesting transition. So did you feel like you were making 
choices where yeah. you kind of said, I have to kind Instead of. Instead of going to the cage at night at 8, 9 p.m. to work mm -hmm. on my swing some more, like mm -hmm. I'd maybe done my freshman year, I, I had to devote some time to a chemistry exam that was coming right. up where I knew chemistry was going to be a prerequisite course to get into PT school. And I knew uh -huh. if I didn't do that, didn't pass that test or didn't get a good grade on it, maybe they would affect my overall grade at the end of the semester. That might be a class I retake. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I had to. I'd make some decisions that I didn't really want to make, but at the end of the day, that's what had to be done. And you played for how long? I played for two years. I played my entire first year right. um, as a true freshman and then played that summer in Kansas, just collegiate baseball. You tend to send you off somewhere and you play in a wood bat league. Uh, then you come back and then in the fall, I faced a lot of struggles with uh, producing, you know, for a variety of reasons. Um, I started to get a little bit more injuries started to um, have some like pulled hamstrings, pulled quads, and a variety of other things that kind of plagued me a little bit. And then in the winter, I um, experienced some uh, low back pain. I injured my, my low back in, uh, in a non-specific way. Like we ended up going down a different medical route to find out what it was, and it was relatively inconclusive. But either way, we went on our first road trip to UNLV in the spring, and I was sitting back in practice on Friday before the game, and it was probably in the third round after five swings. It almost like it was excruciating, and there was I almost collapsed after one of the swings, and that was kind of halted the uh, the playing for my sophomore year. Okay. And then I was done after that. Didn't really get back on the field until end of the spring. I decided I I went to the coach and wanted to take a medical red shirt because I didn't want to burn a year. Right. You know? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think there was. Uh, there was a decision at that time to uh, part ways, I suppose. Like it was kind of like the the deselection process, I guess. Did you feel like you were part of that process? Did you have an active role in making that decision, or do you feel that was sort of placed in front of you and you had to accept? And yeah. So there was. I mean, there's power in hindsight for mm -hmm. sure. Like being able to look back at the time, I felt like it. It was somewhat blindsiding in a way at the time mm -hmm. at the time and uh i mean there was a little bit of writing on the wall once you reflect back on it like okay i, I didn't do well at all in the fall didn't show mm -hmm. what i was supposed to show after coming off of a decent freshman year and then uh the injury and in the the spring didn't really help because mm -hmm. it seemed like my experience with that it was three months uh, or two months of inconclusive information on what's wrong with my back why can't you play Every time I swing a bat, it hurts, but I can throw. I also throw right-handed, so I rotate a completely different direction oh. when I throw. So I can play defense and I can throw, but as soon as I swing, it hurts. Yeah. So there, to maybe from an outside perspective, that it doesn't. It looks like there's nothing. Like, what exactly is he working? Well, I don't know. Uh -huh. I didn't know. Right. I didn't know. I wasn't guided in the right way right. to say like, this is what we're working on now to get you on the field here or at this time. Mm -hmm. So I think there was just a question mark on maybe what I could do in the following year. And so there was a good discussion at the end of the, the semester and, and with the coach and, and saying like, hey, this is, this is what we're seeing and, and this is what we're doing. This is our vision for the upcoming year. Unfortunately, due to this, this, and this, you know, this is what we're deciding to do. Did you, did you lose your scholarship after that? Yes. You did, yeah. okay. So, I mean, I think looking, again, hindsight, mm -hmm. looking back on the conversation, looking back on the series of events, there was probably an option where, hey, I want to stay and give me a shot in the fall as a walk-on, you know, I love Sac State. I, that conversation could have happened, I think. Mm -hmm. But I think you get that initial wave of maybe I'm not wanted here or 
or maybe that I'm not seeing in the vision, so maybe I can take my talent somewhere else. I was mm -hmm. feeling better by then, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I had set up a summer league to basically show off skills to any school that maybe I could go to, mm -hmm. transfer to. Mm -hmm. So I had to transfer in my mind to try to keep going through the process. So where did you there. transfer to? Transferred to Chico State. You did. So I transferred to Division Two, so I uh -huh. play immediately. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the next year, I think the NCAA rules at the time right. that or were as such. So um, never really got back into playing shape. I think it again, hindsight's wonderful. It's it's like a blessing and a curse. Thing. You can right. beat yourself up all day, but right. you could also learn from it. But um, looking back on on this, how I could have handled this situation and got myself in better playing shape, maybe that transition would have been easier but I, just, I think it was the writing was on the wall in the spring right and then the fall concluded it right that way that it was over did you graduate from chico no i ended up transferring back i okay. went to chico for a full year uh -huh. um i stopped baseball i got cut from the team after the fall uh -huh. and then i was full spring semester there and i ended up transferring back to sac state because i i had rerouted my attention back to physical really? therapy and Sac State had a PT right. program, and right. I liked their track more yeah. than I liked Chico State. Not to say the university was—I had my best GPA at Chico State, which is kind of shocking, <laughs> but it was—it uh, worked out to transfer back. So when you came back to Sac State, what was your mindset? I look back, and and it's kind of like the stages of loss. Mm -hmm. Weirdly enough, it's mm -hmm. not as—I mean, it's—I'm making an exaggeration here, but but you you have that initial phase of. Uh, um, the first one, like uh, grief, and, grief a yeah. little bit. And you're like, mm -hmm. kind of like, mm -hmm. that was hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I literally came to the weird conclusion in the fall that I'm never playing baseball at like the competitive level I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Like, like Sunday league baseball didn't count for me. Mm -hmm. didn't count. Mm -hmm. Softball didn't really count. Right. So, but it was just like kind of baseball is done. Right. Like the only time I cried in my life was right then. You know. Yeah. And so there was grief, and then eventually there's anger. Right. So there's anger on, you know, maybe I'm wronged by. An old coach or maybe I'm wrong by the, the, the situation or maybe you know so you go through like I went through a little bit of time with the chip on my shoulder and harnessing that in a very positive way and getting into some other fitness realms like running for long distance and trying to drive down the time and then there's I guess bargaining is the third one uh -huh. so bargaining is like the if-then statement or if why you know uh -huh. if this would happen then maybe that so uh -huh. we went through that like maybe maybe if I fix my swing I still had it ran to my mind that I had time on my NCAA clock to maybe play somewhere else or right. transfer somewhere. Right, so right, right. you go through that. And then it was acceptance after that. And I think, I think yeah, I transitioned through all of those only because I had a driving force within each one. Like I kind of harnessed it mm -hmm. and used it for something else, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I found that I could take my competitive drive and like my physical capabilities and, and do something else with it, you mm -hmm. know? So I could, um, also take those skills and, and accomplish getting into PT school. Right. You know, I get someone telling me that it's really hard. They get like 800 applicants and they take 30 people. I'm like, perfect. They take 30 people. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. This is what I always love about athletes. And, you know, when you're in the middle of all this confusion and, you know, life is changing, there's something about the mindset that you have developed yeah. that can take you on and to the next step so talk about the mindset mm -hmm. that you now recognize mm -hmm. you develop because there's going to be some people listening yeah. to this and they're younger they they're, they're the 18 year old you or the 20 year old you and they need to know i have this too 
what's he talking about and how did it come about? So talk about that yeah, mindset. It's, uh, it's your greatest power, your greatest as an athlete. It's, um, it makes, it's relentless. It's a relentless pursuit in something that you want to achieve. And it can be anything outside of sport. Like it immediately applies to a test. It immediately applies to an internship. It applies to a, to a job or, or a career path that you want to grab onto. Like you, there's no limitation other than the ones we put on ourselves. Um, perseverance is probably your, the strongest attribute that can be applied everywhere. And so you, you kind of listen to it. Don't like shy away from it. And if you want to use it for wherever you want to use it for it, it, it always works. So there's two words I want you to think about resilience and a word that has come up a lot now. We're saying grit. Mm, yeah. So talk about resilience and grit mm -hmm. and how that brought you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there were, resilience is a big one. And um, I think it, it started, I think I remember it, it started with a lot of different scenarios when I was younger, resilience being maybe the way you're brought up in a certain situation that not everyone has, like every opportunity in the world. And to, to I don't know, all the resources in the world to get where they want to go. So you have the resiliency to kind of create your own path. Mm -hmm. And then um, people telling you that, you know, maybe, oh, that's going to be really hard. Or, you know, I, I failed there back in the day. I don't know how you're going to do it. Resilience to kind of shove that stuff aside and, and um, you know, confidence, build the confidence within yourself to keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. no matter what the obstacle is, no matter what, how many failures you've had up until that point or how many successes, you know, mm -hmm. so uh, resiliency is, is a critical element. That and, bouncing back. Yeah, bouncing mm -hmm. back. And I think the grit is what allows you to kind of take a take a failure or take an obstacle yeah. and use it as a as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's really even the word failure is shouldn't really be used. You know, right. it's like an opportunity for learning. It's an opportunity to be better. Right. And I think it takes someone to have grit and to kind of like harness whatever situation just happened inside of them and kind of deflect it back into a positive situation. Do you feel like you that really became apparent to you? over your time as an athlete and you got mm -hmm. to take that into mm -hmm. your oh yeah i think baseball helped a lot with that because yeah. you fail more and often not you'd wonder why anyone would want to play that sport right it's like you're just constantly getting beat but uh right. i think it, it definitely instilled in um all my playing days i can remember vivid moments where i was struggling very badly like in the sport in the sport itself where it seemed like success was never going to happen and you just mm -hmm. kind of put your head down, put your chin down, and you, you stick to what you know, mm -hmm. and you trust in the process. So I, I want to take you back a little bit because I've heard this from other athletes too, and it's sort of an emotional thing, but I want you to talk about when you recognized this activity that I have been playing for my whole life is not, and you cried. And talk about that because yeah. I think that people don't realize that how – it's your identity too yeah. and so yeah how did what did that feel like and then how did you move past mm -hmm. yeah it was like it was like uh nothing else you know i i'm thankful enough to not have a ton of tragedy in my life i will say i'll start with that i know there's a lot of people that have, have felt greater horrors and, and stuff so i mean this this comes from my perspective it was is a scary moment it's really scary and you kind of like what's you, for a moment for a second you kind of wonder what your purpose is and i i weirdly enough i mean a, a baseball player runs like 180 feet max mm -hmm. in, in a row or like at one time and so my dad at the time was going through some like uh long distance running and half marathon training and he asked me if i wanted to do like a 13 miler with him i'm like, sure sounds awful but it sounds like i'll do i'll join 
and uh, you get a taste of that. You get the taste of the competitive spirit of it and the, and the time and like there's a goal then after that. So I think it, that allowed me to um, deflect some of like the, the lack of uh, kind of the lack of belonging to something, you know, and then, then I started applying it to school related things. I knew that there was a goal. I knew I had to get into PT school and everyone was averaging this GPA and this score on their GRE and I needed to get those. And then, so I applied it to that. And then when I got into PT school, I saw that, I mean, everyone asked the question or all the teachers on the first day asked the question, what do you want to do? And they, How many of you want to do sports medicine? Everyone raises their hand. And then they say, well, this many people actually get sport or get into sports medicine. That's how much you get paid. This is how much you get paid more in another setting. How many more do you still want to do it? I kept my hand straight up because that's what I want to do. It was like, I'm working for a baseball team where I'm not doing anything. And it was just that endless pursuit to something else. I think I still carry it today. Yeah. But it allows me to then, I think now at this time, look back on like that series of events and reflect on, you know, choices made, attitudes that were right. that were had. So and I could say it in this podcast, I guess. Yes. And one of the things that we know through the research that we do on people who have gone through bad stuff and eventually come through and, and grow, I, I would say from my own research and from the research that's out there, there's probably one thing I heard you say that you know when I hear this from people, I know they're going to be okay, and that is purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I think the purpose, and I, I, I define the purpose perfectly, and I think it's, I can easily go back now, again, hindsight, I can go back, especially with now the knowledge I have on my own experience, and it was Ultimately, in my mind, I think an, an injury, a physical incapability of doing what I wanted to do mm-hmm. on the field. Mm-hmm. And so going the PT route, um, my sole purpose, and still is to this day, is to make sure that no athlete at any level, doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's a youth athlete, if it's high school, college, pros, doesn't matter, uh, never has the experience that I had where I was maybe um, a little in the dark on my process, mm-hmm. on what I need to do to get right healthy to get back on the field without an injury mm-hmm. like if you're going to be done from your sport then you can do it without any regret because you know that maybe someone had just more talent than you or maybe mm-hmm. they it wasn't because they worked harder it wasn't because they avoided injury because mm-hmm. you have all the resources now to get those things mm-hmm. but it's just simply they were better mm-hmm. I and mean, there's better people in baseball. Well. there's a lot of them mm-hmm. so but i could gravitate to that versus looking back and be like if i would have known that my hips and my spine should have moved in this way and that i could have harnessed my skills in this way and I could have done this with my nutrition and slept this many hours right. and I could right. have done these things that would have been healthier. And right. then it's the if statement. Right. What if I did those right. things? So my sole purpose in my profession is to give those answers to anyone that walks through the door that sees me. And I think that purpose is strong enough to keep me, um, I guess, keep me at a high level of what I do. So I'm going to ask you a couple more questions, but I do want to ask you when you're talking about the reflection uh, aspect, were there any specific people that you went to? Who, how did you do, who did you reflect with? Did you just do it on your own or yeah. did you go after and you talk to this coach or whatever? Right, right, right. I had a lot of, um, I, I had a few really close people to me. I had, uh, obviously my, my wife now was my girlfriend then during my entire playing career and then fiance, you know, I, we could talk about anything. Mm-hmm. literally she was my best uh, my best advocate my best um, listener and mm-hmm. kind of problem solver mm-hmm. and so um, she was my strongest and then you know it, it was tough talking to 
friends and teammates that were on the team, but that some of them are very close. And mm-hmm. so they, they were able to be a good resource and a good, um, nice. good conversation with just, you know, how's life going and, and, right. you know, don't look at it in this situation. And, and so they, they offered a lot of help. Your teammates. Give you some perspective. Yeah. Give you some perspective. Even though the teammates are still on the team, right. you still, still had a very close relationship with them and they can be, they can be utilized in that way of an outlet. And then, uh, I put a, I've always put a lot of respect in what my dad said. And so my dad and I have had conversations, light conversations, you know, mm-hmm. we don't get too far in depth, but we've mm-hmm. had enough of them mm-hmm. to where it was refocusing energy and refocusing uh, our, our thoughts and, and mm-hmm. purpose. So it was a small network of people, but I knew that they were, they were trustworthy enough and nice. they give me, I respect everything that they say. And had your best interest. Yeah. So you talked about now, we're going to get into, I want to get into the aftermath. So it's been 10 years. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I think is very well known now is that college athletes do well in the world, in Mm -hmm. the business world, if they take these lessons that they've learned. Mm -hmm. So when you were moving on, let's say going to graduate school and getting a job, did you put your on a resume, did you put oh, yeah. down that you played? Oh, yeah. Did you bring that up in a when you did uh, when you had um, interviews with yeah. people? So talk about that. Yeah, Aaron. absolutely. So my job now, I'm I'm in sports medicine, outpatient, uh, private practice, physical therapy, and so we exist in gym settings. So we're in performance facilities, and we have tables in the open space, and we're in there uh, with with active individuals that, that have a greater goal to move their body at a high level that we're in there with youth athletes and treated pro athletes. Um, and that's the setting I needed to be in because it, it followed my purpose, you know? And so I definitely leveraged my athletic experience on my resumes, um, on LinkedIn, on the people that I talk to, the people, my colleagues now who are, uh, I'm co-owners with the company because we helped start it from the very beginning. Um, they were looking for people like me. Uh-huh. They're looking for people with me with a background in athletics that could speak to clients with the same passion right. and to have the drive that I have to like be absolutely relentless on getting them to where they need to go. So I 100% leveraged my athletic experience because it, it, it gave me opportunities that I think a lot of people don't have because uh-huh. you come from a different perspective. Maybe we can start to close with this. Um, I like the idea, you know, sometimes people go, oh, give us your best advice. And I don't know if I like the word advice as much as I like insights and strategies. Mm-hmm. So you've got some students, they played, they had some measure of success or whatever, but they're taking off now and you go, you want to make sure you do this. Not so much you want to make sure you don't do this, but you want to make sure you do this because these strategies this insight will yeah I think uh, what's helpful but I think overused is first you know athletes like you have the teamwork skills you have the hard work skills and, and uh, resiliency skills and you'll use those I mean I can tell you use them trust in them and whatnot and as insight mm-hmm. but you're gonna inherently use them so mm-hmm. it's not gonna be a choice of yours mm-hmm. it's just gonna come out but my bit what I've learned and what my biggest insight that I can give to someone going in is whatever industry, whatever career path you take, find a mentor, find a mentor within there. Cause they're kind of like a coach. They're like the 100% like a coach that you will respect, learn skills from, and um, ultimately they'll help you get to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to be one of the leaders in the team that you want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Finding a mentor is, is greater than any, 
possible level of raise you can get, mm -hmm. any benefits package you can get, especially right out of the gate, because they're going to give you uh, perspective and skills that are going to launch you further than maybe someone that took a job for the money or took a career for, for money. But right. my insight to someone would be you, a mentor is everything. And um, Do you mentor? I do now, yeah, which is wild. But uh, I have, uh, I take on, so in the physical therapy world, we take on clinical education. So PT uh -huh. students have to ah, do however okay. many clinical hours. So right. I've had several of them. Um, they're fun, and parting wisdom is weird, but uh, they they want to learn, and, and I have enough experience in the field now to help them. So you're still physically active? Very. What yes, do you do? Very. Um, so I've, I dabble in a lot of things. Uh -huh. I, I My interest is always going. I have a strong interest. I think. It, some people kind of trail off of the workout thing uh -huh, uh -huh. after athletics. I just, I, I don't know, it's always been part of my life, so I never stop. But it's, I have to find interests, uh -huh, right? Uh -huh. And so there's the Kettledale world I've gotten oh, okay. through um, quite a bit with some, getting to an instructor level stuff. I don't know. And uh -huh. I've cycled, I run, I, I do dabble in some gymnastics stuff uh -huh, as much uh -huh. as maybe my wife would say. It's very elementary. <laughs> it's hard to me. Yeah. It's very hard. A baseball player doesn't move often. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would say if someone goes year round baseball, I'd almost argue they may not be. Athlete. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I try to keep them a variable so yeah. that it just yeah. keeps, keeps my interest. Okay. Yeah. Well, Ken, thank you enough for sharing okay. your wisdom, yeah. and your insights, and your experience, and good and bad, and how to move through. So, Absolutely. thanks, Aaron. Yes. I really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. If you or someone you know is struggling with school, academics, sports related issues, please don't wait for the situation to get out of control or worse. You are the most important part of this university. Your well-being is our concern and focus. Call 916-278-6461 today. Speak with a student counselor and get direction on where you can find help. You can also visit The Well for one-on-one -on -one counseling. If you or someone you know may be contemplating personal harm or harming others, immediately call 911 or 800-273-8255. You are not alone. Athletes Interrupted was made possible by a grant from the NCAA to support the development of well-being and resilience in student-athletes both during college and after graduation. This program was developed and research conducted by Dr. Joyce Michael Flynn and Bethany Crouch. Dr. Michael Flynn is currently a professor at Sacramento State, is a nurse practitioner, and has created a system of recovery from trauma focused on post-traumatic growth. She lectures extensively on metahabilitation, is an author and an expert on post-traumatic growth and the subsequent rehabilitation. Bethany Crouch is Student Athlete Development and Academic Success Coordinator at her alma mater, Sacramento State. She spent 12 years in competitive gymnastics having reached level 10 as well as competing at the NCAA collegiate level. Injury ended her athletic career, but guided her to her ultimate professional goal as an athletic advisor specializing in student athlete development.